Uh, said Ben, Benjamin. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, anyway. brother, for being here and helping us to share God's yeah, word today. Amen, Amen, brother. Thank you. Well, I'm going to share just a little bit what this is all about. Apologize if I, 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 I'm sorry. It, it does not have coffee in it, but it does have caffeine. So we, we got we got that much. Uh, I, I was going to share this earlier and I ran out of time and forgot both at the same time. But um, this is mate. So mate is an Argentine tea and it is drunk in a cup a lot like this. It happens to be a gourd covered in leather. And uh, the, the cup is called a mate cup. And uh, the bombilla, this would be a bombilla. This is a straw that has a filter at the bottom. And essentially what uh, the, you do is you put the tea in. This is just loose tea leaves. And uh, then you put your sweetener, sugar, honey, whatever you use, and then hot water. This is what I got here in my uh, thermos. And uh, you would drink this from the straw. And, um, and this is very much tradition in Argentina. So just sharing a little bit of the culture there. It's very much tradition. Argentines are very social people. And they love to get around and just spend time and talk and, and just hang out uh, during the afternoon, uh, typically. And there's usually in the afternoons between about 4 and 6-ish uh, uh, is a snack time. And you get together with friends or family and uh, you drink mate. And with that, mate, with, with the way it's, it's supposed to be drunk, it is one cup that's shared with everyone. So while I know here in the U.S. that's a little, uh, maybe seems a little weird to you, but we, we'd fill it up. And, and because there's so many leaves in this, you actually don't get that much water. There's about one or two mouthfuls of water at the most in there. You would suck it up through the straw, and then it would be some more sweetener, fill up with water, and the next person drinking, it just goes around in a circle. And, and, and it just keeps going around and around and around as we just keep talking. And, and through that, we're getting our dose of caffeine. We're getting our energy. There's also lots of vitamins and, and antioxidants in it. It's a very healthy drink. Uh, so unlike coffee that doesn't have any health benefits, uh, we, we <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, but that, but, uh, but it, <laughs> it, the, the health benefit in coffee is, is that caffeine that keeps you going, right? But the vitamins aren't there. But uh, we, th this has all kinds of good stuff in it, so it really helps you health-wise. And back in the day when it was discovered, it was known as green gold is the name they put for it. And it was actually outlawed and it was smuggled around and then eventually it became widespread. And now it's, you can buy it on Amazon if you'd like to get it uh, directly from Argentina. But that's, that's a good stuff. So just share a little bit of the culture down there uh, with you uh, today. And, and let's go to God's word this morning in Matthew chapter uh, we're going to be Matthew chapter 6. Pastor, to, to what time do we have or how much time? Uh, you okay. We're going to do. We'll be as short as we can this morning. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 34. If you follow along with me there. Matthew six nineteen through 34 says here, lay, a, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures on, in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, 
where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the eye, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, for what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They, they, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? No, sorry. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love for us, your patience, and for everything of you've done. Father, you've uh, given us way beyond what we deserve. And you love us so much each and every day, Father. And you're so patient with us. And, and you, you, uh, you're just always there every time we need you. We turn to you and you're always there, Father. I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for your word that's here to guide and direct us in how you want us to live, how you had planned for uh, the Christian to live and uh, the child of God. And uh, Lord, I ask you, please help us to uh, understand a little bit more of this and maybe just be a refreshment for some of us. And please speak to us, Father, and each, each of us in any way you would have. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit in these next few minutes. Give me the words that you would have me to say. And to be right to the point, Father, I thank you for everything. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for what you do in your name we pray. Amen. I want to talk a little bit this morning about investing in eternity. As you saw that passage there, and it's a long passage, I wish I could take time. We could go on for hours and expand into, expound into this passage here and get into the itty-gritty details of what's being said in every little part. Uh, but there's so much, and this is just one portion of Scripture where God emphasizes. And, uh, uh, and here, Jesus Christ talking about how we are to live for eternity. 
You see, the thing is, is our life, as long as it might seem, is actually really nothing in comparison to eternity. Our life, the average American said to, is, is calculated to live 78 years. That's the average here in the country right now. And, and 78 years will come and go, and, and maybe more, maybe less, but it'll come and go. And what would it really matter for eternity? Well, only what we did while here would actually matter. Everything else in life we can have, the, the positions, the money, the, the, the great things, incredible experiences, the people maybe we, 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 we were able to influence or, 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 or some, some way, all of that, if not for eternity's sake, if not for advancing God's kingdom, will be worth nothing. And in, in time, nobody will even remember us, more than likely. Nobody will. Unless you're someone, uh, maybe like Abraham Lincoln or someone else, and maybe you'll be remembered for a few hundred years longer, and, and eventually still will probably be forgotten. Only what we do for eternity really counts. And, and that's where I want to expound on just a little bit today. If you look here at verse 20, it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. It says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Are we laying up treasure in heaven? Are we working, are we living a lifestyle that is putting treasure in heaven? Ask yourself that question. Today. Are, am I living in such a way that I am advancing God's kingdom, that I am amounting a reward in heaven someday? Or are we living for just the here and now? It says here, the last part of this verse says, where thieves do break through and steal. We shouldn't lay up treasure here on it reminds me of Argentina. We have a lot of theft problem. And uh, my, my pastor, Pastor Owens, uh, his home has been broken into more times than I could count. And my wife has been and robbed more than once on the street. And, and there is a, there's a big theft problem. And, and, and it, makes, and sometimes, it reminds me sometimes you work so hard to get what you have, maybe a phone like this one. And I work hard and I spend a lot of money for it and I have it, I use it, and it's beneficial to my life. And helps me get things done. And then someone just comes along the street and just snatches it from you. And it's gone. Just like that. It says here, do not lay up treasure where thieves will break through and steal. Yeah. Obviously, we have to have material things. Obviously, we have to have a home. We have to have a roof over our head. We have to have cars. We have to have a, whatever we have to have to live this life. That's obvious. But we shouldn't be working beyond that into have treasure. To have that, that massive savings account to the, the point where... No matter what happens, I'm safe. I'm taken care of. I got money in the bank. Probably not. Maybe not if we look at this passage. We probably shouldn't be working to such a point where we're accumulating wealth, where we're, we're, we're in excess of wealth, and we're very, we have all this money and property and position and all these people working under us. And, and while it's not bad, probably not if we look at this passage. It says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And, and there's so much we can do. I want to get into this really quick. I'm going to read a couple more verses and, and then we'll continue. You don't need to turn here, but Colossians 3, 1, follow me. says here, if ye, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, yet s s set your affection on things above and on things on the earth. Um. We are not to set our affection on the things here of earth, but on the things above. It says here, as we are a child 
of God. We'll go on to Luke uh, 12 here. It says, And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. John six twenty seven says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man uh, shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Here we see just a couple more passages and direction of what God has to say about living for eternity, about advancing God's kingdom. As we go through this this morning, think, think to yourself, am I living a kingdom-focused life? Am I living a life that is puts God first and me second? You know, back when I talked about my business before and, and, and I was making money and so on, I was living Benjamin first and God second. And a lot of times that, that is, that's our reality. We, we're, 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 we're good people, right? We're here at church today. We're not bad people. We're not maybe drowning in sin, if you will, even though we're all sinners. But we're good people. We're here at church. We're, we probably, most of you, probably tithe faithfully. You give your, your faith promise and missions and, and so on. And you're, you're probably involved to some degree or not in the church. And, and you're trying to do what's right and live a good life and, and be a good testimony in the community. But, but even through all of that, a lot of times... Our focus in life is not kingdom-focused. It's not eternity-focused. It's about maybe just doing what's right because we know what's, what's right, or maybe just being good enough to just get by because that's what's expected of us. You know, sometimes we teach our children to do what's right because that's just what they need to do because that's just the right thing. And sometimes we even as adults just follow that same pattern. We're just here at church just because it's what I'm supposed to do. I'm checking that box off. I went to church. Okay, I put money in the offering plate. Okay, I, I, I helped out with this or whatever. But our, our focus is not really to advance God's kingdom. That was my, my case, uh, working, working there. And I, I, was, I was faithful in church. I'd go out soul winning. I'd give. Uh, I'd help out in the bus route. And, and uh, I, was, I would go soul winning on, with the men's soul winning if, if possible, if I could during the week. And, and just trying to do what was right because I knew it was, it was what was right for me. But my life was not focused on that. My life was not necessarily focused on, man, God, would you use me to advance your kingdom? It was focused on how can I gain more wealth? How can I build a bigger business? How can I be somebody someday? How can I get to such a level that where I can be known nationwide? And, 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 and it was all self-centered too. And I'd say, it's, it, and I would justify it with this means. And sometimes we justify this. I'll give, I'll give more money to the church. If God gives him, I'll just give more. And, and that's good. But God's not really interested in your money. He really isn't. God's interested in our life. He's interested in our hearts. He wants our heart to be inclined to him. And as we see in scripture here, to be kingdom focused, to be focused on advancing his kingdom. See, God, God wants our heart to be focused on him, not on ourselves. We're to live, as, as scripture says here, we're to live for him first and for ourselves second. We live for him and he takes care of our needs. 
And I guarantee you today, if, you, if tomorrow you, you get up and go to work and you just say, God, would you please use me to this day to live for your honor and for your glory and to do your will? And, and I want to advance your kingdom, God. Would you please show me? And, and you start to do that day in, day out. Just get up every day and ask God, God, would you please use me to advance your kingdom? God, what would you want me to do today? And you start to seek God. Seek to draw close to him, to draw into his will. He will start to bring change in your heart. And he'll start to take you from, from where you are today. Maybe you're already doing quite a bit and you're already serving God. And you take that and take it to another level. And we can always do more. We can always do more. Every man alive can, all, uh, can do more. And God can take that and use that. And he can tar- start to change your heart. And start to make it into something that is for his honor and his glory. And you'll find, you'll find in time, instead of just checking that box off of going to church because it's the right thing, or maybe putting money in the offering plate or giving to missions because it's just what, what's the right thing to do is it's what I'm supposed to do uh, as a Christian, you'll find that maybe I want to be in church to serve. I want to show up early. I want to see what can I do. What can I do for those who are here probably early today, probably have that mindset. I want to be of service. I want to God to be pleased in my life. I want to do more. And, and you're, you're there, and then you find, man, God, what, what, where else can I invest? Where can I take what you've given me, maybe my talents, my abilities, my time, uh, uh, my, my money? How can I invest in your kingdom to see your kingdom advanced? And your heart changes, and you start to focus on that. And you'll find as you focus more on what God wants, God will always still take care of your needs. He'll always still provide. Always. He'll never leave you hanging. It says here, if he provides even for the birds that are so insignificant, how much more would he provide for his children? For for a created being that's created in his image, and he wants to bring honor and glory to himself, how much more would he provide? God doesn't say that he's going to give us uh, great wealth and an abundance of, of extra to, to show off to the world. No, it doesn't say that necessarily. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But he does say he'll take care of our needs. He does say we'd always have food to eat. We'd always have clothes to put on our back. We'd always have our needs. And I've lived this enough to, to tell you this is the truth. From moving out, from, 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 from working hard each and every day to pay my bills and to take care of and build my company to say, okay, God, I'm done with that. I'm living for you and just focusing on living more as best I could, as best I knew how to live for God. And to see, he's, it was easier to take care of the bills. God, it was easier. God, God's provided in miraculous ways where before, I mean, I'm sweating blood and tears trying to get this taken care of. And I'm so tied up and just so I'm in my headaches and I can't get, I can't make this happen and I can't get it done. And then all of a sudden just happens that fast. God works a miracle. God provides extra work. God, God gives me the wisdom to get it done. God provides stuff at a better price, et cetera, all across the board. Amen. Because I'm working for him now, not working for that. He'll take care of that. He'll take care of our daily life if we focus on living for him. I want to talk about three things real quick, and uh, we'll, we'll be as brief as we can. Three things that we can uh, do to lay up treasure in heaven uh, we lay up treasure in heaven by investing our time, money, and prayer in things that last for eternity. Number one, time, Matthew 19, 29 says, And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit 
everlasting life. God's telling us here, if we, if we forsake us, if we die to self and give to him, we will receive a hundredfold in heaven. And what sometimes, you know, we're not willing to let go here. We're not willing to, oh man, God, I don't want my children to go to a faraway place to serve you. I don't want, I, I, man, it's, I don't want to sacrifice this or whatever it might be. And we hold on and God lets us have it. But we'll lose in that eternal reward. We'll lose. And when we get there, we'll find out we lost if we do that. Giving to the point where it truly costs is something, uh, it, it costs us something is what guarantees a bountiful inheritance in eternity. I want to talk just a bit about time. Time is the one resource everyone on earth has equal access to. Isn't that amazing? We have the same amount of time. We have the same amount of time as, as the richest billionaires in this country, as the president of this country, as anybody. We have the exact same amount of time each and every day. We all have 24 hours a day, 168 hours a week, 365 days a year. The average American will live, as I mentioned earlier, about 78 years, giving them approximately 936 months of life for, or 4,067 weeks of life or 28,470 days of life. So a 20-year-old would have 21,170 days left. A 40-year-old would have 13,870 days left. And a 60-year-old would have 6,000 6,570 days according to average figures. What are we doing with our time? The one resource we all have equal access to. The one we can't say, well, I don't have time. We all have time. It just depends on what we do with our time. We, we all use our time differently. Or they could rephrase that. How much time do you have left? You might say, but Benjamin, I haven't done a whole lot for Christ in my life. And maybe I'm in my 40s, 50s, or 60s, and, and maybe I'm running out of time. You know what? You can take what you have left and invest it Amen. for God's kingdom and still see a great reward. I, I think of a man in his, I believe he was in his mid-50s, uh, a brother, Simeon Hudson. He retired. And get this, he retired. He's from North Carolina. He retired from working at a, at a, at a plant there building tires. And he, 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 went, he, went, he said, I'm going to give God the rest of my life as long as I have health. And I'm going to give my life to reach the Argentine people. And he went and, and traveled for about three years raising some financial support. And he went to Argentina. And he, he, he served there for about 10 years now. And now, now he has to come off the field due to his health. He's just getting of age. He can't, can't keep going, him, both him and his wife. I think of someone that they didn't put an excuse, say, well, I, I retired, now I'm going to just sit back and live comfortably the rest of my life. I think of someone that said, I want to live for Christ. I don't have much time left, but what I have, I'm going to invest it to the best of my knowledge to see God's kingdom advance. And you don't have to go to a foreign field to do that. It can be done in a multitude of ways. But one example, if we would put God first, if we put God first, if we put God first and put make, make, advancing his kingdom our priority, then people like those in Argentina we talked about earlier would hear the gospel. They would. 
But as long as we continue to live our lives the way we want to live them and, and fulfill our dreams and our goals, and well, yeah, I, 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 know, I know Christianity is important, I know that, but, but it's not that big of a deal. As long as that's our attitude, we're not going to turn this world upside down. We're not going to see revivals, we, Pastor Mitch. We won't. We need to take our time and invest it for uh, eternity. Um, John 2, uh, 6, 27 says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, uh, for him hath the Father sealed. On average, on an average day, an, Ameri- an American will spend, on an average day, I'm going to just repeat this, on an average day, an American will spend five Point four hours on their phone, with two hours of that being social media. 7.6 hours at work. 55 minutes commuting to and from work. 8.7 hours sleeping. And three hours watching TV. This is average. This might not be you, but this is average in this country. By reducing, they get this, this is really interesting. By reducing... 3.5 hours a day of all this time that we use, 3.5 hours, three and a half hours a day of TV and social media time, we could gain 24 hours a week. Imagine that. You might say, but Benjamin, I don't have much time. Well, what if we just cut out a sliver or something that's not that important in our time? We can gain 24 hours. That is a gain of four days a month, 48 days a year, and over a 20-year span would equal 32 months or 2.6 years. Imagine that. You can gain time by just cutting something out that's not that important, TV and social media, probably the least of the important things we do on a daily basis. I will, I will move on here for sake of time, uh, but but... Uh, a couple ideas of ways you can use your time. You can go out and knock on doors one, an hour or two a week. You can pass out tracts at city or statewide events. You can bake a pie uh, and take it to your neighbor and, and, and with a gospel tract, invite them to church. You can go to the local jail and preach the gospel to the inmates. You can come to the church to clean. You can help your pastor with office work or anything he needs help with. You can use your skill at church or other churches. Help your uh, neighbor clean their yard in the fall to build relationships to share the gospel, uh, learn a trade to serve God, uh, preach at nursing homes, run a bus route, or reach children and the poor, uh, just be available as a servant to your pastor, take a mission trip to serve a missionary. Here's a list of things that essentially don't cost us anything but time. And we can invest in God's kingdom. Let's move on here. Uh, number two, money. Somehow or another, we've got the idea that the money we have is ours. 100% hours, we, we worked hard for it, we gained it, it's mine, and I get to do as I feel like with it. Somehow or another, we got that opinion, most of us do. And we forget that really what we have is given to us by God to reinvest in His kingdom. Amen. That's our time, money, uh, together. But here what we'll focus on, on money. 2 Corinthians 6, 9, 6 8 says, uh, But this I say, he which soweth, sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Who wants to reap sparingly? I don't want to reap sparingly. I don't know about you, but I don't. And he, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward, toward you, that ye always in all sufficiency in all things may abound and good. If you, if you don't like, a lot of people don't like to talk about this subject of money. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a delicate subject. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But th- this is Bible. This is Bible. God has a lot to say about uh, money here. And, and we can see it says here, um, but, but this I say, he which soweth sparing shall reap, reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone here does anything uh, with the stock market at all, uh, does any investing of that type. But if, if I could tell you and guarantee you that an X, X stock would in 10 years' time or 20 years' time multiply your money, you know, 100-fold or whatever, It'd be a no-brainer to go put as much money as you had in that and say, man, I'm in 10 years, I'm going to get back 100 times. It's a no-brainer. If I, could, if I could, by fact, guarantee it, we'd all be trying to sell what we have and find some way to put money in that so that, so that in 10 years or whatever the span it was, we would have that 100-fold increase. Well, that, that's, that's something impossible to, to predict. But God says here, he which soweth, Sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap. You know what? God can't lie. And God says, if we sow bountifully, if we if we invest bountifully, give uh, abundantly into His work, He will give back abundantly. And I can guarantee you from experience and from Scripture, God gives back way better than we deserve. God pays the best. And if we we would just just step out by faith and say, God. What would you have me more to do to advance your kingdom? And you might have a lot. You might not have a lot. It's really between you and God, and it's unique for, for every individual here. But as we go forward and to say, I want to invest bountifully. I want to invest my time. I want to invest uh, my talents. I want to invest my money. What God has given me to have a bountiful inheritance. You see, our life is going to finish sooner or later. And we're going to wake up. If you're a child of God today, you're going to wake up in heaven. You're going to be happy you're there. I, I'm looking forward, man, to getting there. I'm looking forward to it. And, and, but, but you're going to wake up and you're going to get there. And then after a little bit, you're going to realize, uh, I'm guessing, I'm just using a hypothesis here, God's going to show us our reward for what we did on earth. And if you didn't invest much, at that point, you're going to be very sorry. And there will be no turning back. There'll be, a, oh, God, give me, give, me, give me a couple months. Let me go back and, and redo a couple things. It won't be that opportunity. It'll be over. That window of opportunity. We have this life. We have here and now to invest. And what we invest now, we'll have for eternity. And I know we can't understand it. We can't grasp that. But a time that'll never finish and be able to enjoy it. But what we have here, we'll enjoy now. And in a time, it'll be gone. It'll be gone. And what will really matter? As we said, only things done for uh, eternity's sake. And Matthew 10, 40 through 42 says, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink one Unto one of these little ones, a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, 
he shall no wise lose his reward. There's a similar passage in Mark 9, 41. It says, uh, Jesus is speaking again here to his disciples. Uh, it says, for whosoever shall give a cup of water to drink in my name shall uh, name because ye belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall loo- not lose his reward. God says, get this. This, this, is, this is interesting. Now, I, I, don't, I don't grasp this. I don't understand this completely. But this is what God's saying. If you take, if you take, I don't have a cup here, but you take a cup of water and you give it to someone in my name. If you're trying to help a someone else, they don't have to be a Christian, but you give it to them in my name, you have a reward in heaven. Imagine something so insignificant. Water for us is free, essentially. We don't really pay hardly anything for our water. And we can take water and we can give it to anybody. And God says for such a small thing, we'll have a reward. Imagine if you do more than that. Imagine if we start to do, invest more of our time, invest more of our money, more of our talents, more of what God has given us. Imagine the reward. I think of those... Uh, I need to move on here for sake of time, but I think of those that invested in my grandfather in Argentina. I think of the, the many, just like individuals here, churches and individuals that prayed faithfully, that gave faithfully, to allow him to go to Argentina, to allow him to stay there and continue to serve all those years. I think of not necessarily just the reward my grandpa has, which I wish I could have been in heaven the day he got there, I wish I could have seen that. He didn't even know to what extent his life had made an impact. He didn't realize. I know I was there the day before he passed away. And, and, and he, he was crying and wanting to do more for God. But I think of those that invested in him. Most, most, if not all, are probably in heaven today. And how they have a reward so great just because of that one investment. And how that investment today continues to grow. Continues to grow. And it'll grow as long until Christ comes back. Think of that. You see, God pays way better than anybody else. God pays way better. If we would just stop living for ourselves. I know it's hard. I know we're, we're, we're human. And even I don't believe. I, I'm not, I haven't arrived. I struggle with this every day. I got to say, Benjamin, you got to die to self. Benjamin, forget it. It's, that's your ideas. It's your dreams. Benjamin, no, you've got to give yourself to God. I know it's a struggle. But if we're willing to seek God's presence and seek him to, to use us, to seek him in this way, then he can take us and use it in a way way beyond what we'll ever find out. Way beyond. I think of... I won't go there. I'll go on. Number three, prayer. Prayer is talking directly to God on his throne in heaven. Talking to the one that formed us in our mother's womb. Prayer is a form of investing in eternity when done on behalf of others. You might say, Benjamin, you know what? I don't have much money. I haven't been blessed with a job or whatever it might be to to have a lot of money to invest. And and maybe I, I, I don't have necessarily... Uh, a lot of time or the, the health to be able to be actively doing things physically. But you know what? We can all pray. Yeah. We can all pray. Prayer costs time. Prayer is work. Prayer is spiritual 
And Satan is not happy when we pray. Prayer is fundamental to the success of your missionaries. I, I, it, it brought joy to my heart last night to be here. I got here a little late to the prayer meeting last night, but to hear you all pray, see a heart that's inclined to God. It's what we need. And we can all pray. And we don't pray enough. We really don't. No matter what our income level is, no matter what our health level is, no matter what, if we're alive, we can talk to God. And we can go to God and ask him to do something special at this church here, Marion Baptist. We can ask God to bring revival here. We can ask God to, to help us to reach this town and the towns around. We can ask God to help us to further expand his kingdom and, and reach across the world. We can all pray. But we don't even, sometimes we don't even do that. The thing all of us can do. And I challenge you to pray for your missionaries by name. Pray for individual countries. Pray for individual continents. Pray every day for a specific missionary. Pray each week for all your missionaries. Pray before a meal, possibly, is an idea. Maybe during your devotions, during a set time during the week. Read a missionary letter every week and pray for that missionary. Follow your missionaries on social media and pray when you see their post. Put your prayer cards on a fridge to pray. Put a world map up on your wall with missionary prayer cards on it to pray. Have a stack of cards, of, mis- of prayer cards, maybe next to your bed, on the kitchen counter, on a light stand in the living room to pray. Take pictures of the cards. Put them on your screensaver, your computer, or on your phone in a file. Find ways to pray. If we just reach out and seek God, see, God wants to reach this world. I believe God, God is doing a unique thing in the Spanish-speaking world right now. I, I sense we're, we're in the beginning stages, from what little I know, uh, of revival. With so many people with millions of Argentines whose hearts being opened. Seeing the, the world, the world, the way things are set up right now, the, the world situation politically, economically, and so on, and these countries are suffering, and people are, are desperately looking for help, and they're looking for God. And they're going to find something. They will. They might not find the truth, but they're going to find someone. More than likely, they're going to find some Pentecostal who says, Give me your money, and, and uh, you'll be blessed. Well, they'll find someone else who's, that's going to tell them something, and, and, and it's not going to be right. It's not going to lead them to heaven. It's not going to lead them to have that relationship with God to where they can, their lives can be transformed. But see, we can reach these people in, all, uh, in Latin America. I believe God wants to bring a great revival before his coming, and I think he's coming fairly soon. And he wants to use us if we would just let him use us. That's unique for every individual here. I, there's no cookie-cutter way to, to spell it out and to say this is what you got to do. It's between you and God. You know your life, your situation. And God, I, I challenge you today, as, as God's spoken to you, just surrender whatever it is. Give it to God. Allow God to take that. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Allow Him to take it tomorrow. Surrender tomorrow as you get up. Say, God, use me today. Then Tuesday again. 
And then again Wednesday. And again Thursday. And get up Friday and say, God, would you please use me to advance your kingdom? And get up Saturday and then Sunday again. That's what we need. Not just leave here today feeling, oh man, yeah, I'm, I need to do more for God and tomorrow forget about everything. Nothing, nothing's worth it. We need to just take that next step, small step, whatever it is, of faith. It's not about going out and preaching to thousands or, or doing great big things beyond you. It's not, it's not about that. It's about just surrendering to God and that faithfulness. Say, God, what do you want from me today? Help me to do your will today. And he'll take that day in, day out. And if you stay faithful, he can use you like he used my grandfather in some unique way. And the reward in heaven, you might never see that reward. You might never see it alive. A lot of us never see the impact of our life. When you get to heaven, it'll be well worth it. And you'll enjoy the rewards for eternity. And you'll be very happy. You invested your life for Christ. You see, I'll say this and I'm finished. I think about Jesus Christ when he was here on earth. He was obsessed with getting the gospel out. He worked extremely hard do anything he could to get the gospel out. He preached to individuals. He would teach the Bible to, his, to small groups as his disciples. And he preached to thousands on the hillside. And he'd be in the churches preaching. Anywhere and everywhere. Doing anything and everything. Healing people. Doing good things to try to help. Anything to try to draw people to Christ. You see, the reason why is he know, he knew that heaven and hell are real. He knew very well very real places. And he knew if those people did not receive Christ as their Savior, they'd wake up in hell someday. And he also knew that if they put their trust in him, he'd give them new life. And he'd give them a, a wonderful life as they grow close to him. And that's why he worked so hard. He gave us the example of how we should live. I could challenge you thing to just do as Christ did. Live for eternity today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for your word. Lord, I, I'm nobody. Dear God, here we're just a bunch of humble servants. Here before you, Lord, we need you, Father. We need you to work in a special way in this place. Dear God, the lost and dying out in this world, they depend on us. They'll never hear if we don't take the truth to them. They'll never know if we don't live a Christ-centered life and be a salt and light in this world. They'll never see anything different and have no reason to believe it. Father, would you please help us? recommit our lives to, to do more for you. Help me to do more. I need you, Father. I thank you for everything you've done and you continue to do. Leave all this in your hands we pray. We have a time of invitation when the altars are open. You can come pray if you like. Pray where you're at if you want. But ask God to help you.
whatever it is that he may be speaking to you about. And maybe there's someone here or listening online or later on sermon audio or something that may be listening to this message and wonder, what am I supposed to do? Not even 100% sure I'm a believer in Christ and my name's written on God's heavenly book. Well, you can be forgiven today just by trusting Christ as your Savior and asking Him to forgive you. God's made the plan simple. He wants us all to repent and have everlasting life. I pray, Father, that you'll do that for us today. I pray that you'll help us today to realize what we need to realize, what the decisions that we need to make, even those that may be listening later. I pray, Father, that you'll use that time in their heart that they may follow you, trust you, believe in you. And I pray, Father, if there's anyone here that uh, does not know you, that they may call on your name today and be saved. And I pray, Father, for those believers, Christians that uh, are here and listen and may listen later, that they may receive encouragement in their heart to realize that we can all follow God's plan in our life. We can all give our life to Christ and submit it to him. We can all live for God every day. And you made it so simple and easy, we make it so hard and difficult. But I pray, Father, that you just help us understand we can all live for you. We can all serve you. We can all stay with you. We just need to make that decision to do so. Help us, Lord, to make those right decisions today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we pray together if there's anything on your heart you want to give to the Lord, do it right now. Let God have his way right now.